0: Welcome to the Revital Health Podcast. I'm Jodie Duval, and I'm a functional naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimize your health and realize your full potential. We'll have cutting edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go! Revital Health is a proud member of the Health Optimisation Network. Health Optimisation Medicine and Practice is a 501c3 non-profit on a mission to educate doctors and practitioners on how to optimise for health rather than treating disease. If you're interested in becoming a practitioner or donating, head over to homehope.org. Revital Health Clinic is the first and only of its kind exclusive health optimisation clinic in Australia. With state-of-the-art technology, protocols, and personalised healthcare, compounded medicines made specifically to your testing individualities. To find out more, head to revitalhealth.com.au. Welcome, everyone. So today, I it marks the first of one of many question and answer podcasts. So I am solo on this one. <laughs> Our uh, apologies for listening to my voice for this long, but I think some of you enjoy it, so you've listened for this far. <laughs> so today the topic I will be discussing is how COVID has disrupted our menstrual cycle and what you can do about it. So on a, a recent call with actually my, my business coach, she mentioned to me uh, about menstrual difficulties um, for multiple women across this COVID period of time. Now, it's, it's also something that I see a lot in clinic, and I don't think many realise the connection. So when I go through uh, an intricate questioning process, as most of you who have seen me, um, or as, as a naturopath in general, we do ask so many questions. We look at timeline, we look at uh, anything associated uh, with a causal issue with what is going on currently symptoms or misalignment of health or dysfunction. So with COVID, it's, it's one of a kind. It's, it's one thing that we've seen you know, many other viruses can as well, but COVID is definitely a different ball game and with the environmental stressors, and I'm talking emotional uh, period of time that we had with COVID, it was so unknown. There was so much anxiety around this, so today I just wanted to have an overview of what a normal phase of menstrual cycle looks like or more normal phases, and then go through uh, a little bit more of the specifics on the impact of inflammation uh, and COVID-related related inflammation, stress thyroid dysfunction, and that can have on your menstrual cycle as well as your actual bleed, your period. So, And then I will talk through a little bit about what we look at for resolution or support and rebalance so phases let's go through a quick summary now we have the follicular phase so that is normally day 1 to 14 of a 28 day cycle now our cycle can be multitudes of different timeline now we'd never really fit into that perfect 28 days but i do have a lot of people that do and this can vary according to COVID, to viruses, to stress, to travel, to jet lag, to multiples of um, situations. So normally this particular follicular phase lasts around 14 days. Now here the FSH levels rise. We signal to ovaries that to start maturing some follicles. Estrogen levels rise steadily. And at that beautiful time of ovulation, which is the next phase, so that would be around day 14 for that textbook cycle, we are looking at a sort of one day, one to two day release and therefore oestrogen levels peak and the high oestrogen triggers um, a sudden LH surge, surge. So and this LH surge causes the most mature follicle to rupture and release its egg, which is ovulation at this particular time. So in that early follicular phase up to ovulation is the greatest time, obviously, period. We don't, we don't, you know, that that's a time for introspection, for support of body, to rest, to recover, to um, look at what what is lying for that next month ahead. However, as we step out of that, it is an incredible period of time for energy, for uh, fun dancing, feeling good about yourself, we normally feel the best around ovulation. And it's a perfect time as Alyssa Vitti, um, well states in her in the flow book, mentions around what we should be um, doing work activities and focus for food exercise around these particular times. And in that first follicular phase after your, your menstrual bleed then it's more for that high intensity exercise you know we can go crazy we can actually eat a little bit less and not feel so hungry and then we can be really social whereas when we switch into that luteal phase day 15 to 28 it's normally again around that 14 day cycle it's waiting for either fertilization but if then no fertilization occurs we prepare for the menstruation so hormones, we look at the, or the the follicular or the follicle transforms into the corpus luteum and it secretes progesterone. So that's therefore our progesterone levels start to rise and thicken and the uterine lining um, even further thickens. So estrogen levels also remain slightly elevated, but they start to slowly drop once no fertilization occurs. Now, this is where we feel with this particular stage, that progesterone, we feel a little bit more water weight come onto the body, we feel hungry and our temperature rises. So we can actually see this when we're tracking our temperature and this is this cycle tracking. So in the clinic soon, we will have a workshop from the beautiful Pania and she will be going through a cycle tracking workshop to show women how to do this because a lot of us have no idea. A lot of women have actually absolutely no idea where or what or how they are in their cycle. So the other thing I haven't mentioned yet is mucus. So we can also track our cycle and our our hormonal levels through mucus excretion. So in that first ovulatory phase, we also have a little bit more specifically right around ovulation, really stringy, um, smooth, egg-like or uh, egg-white-like mucus, and then it will start to thicken, become a little bit more chunky white. <laughs> never never really nice place to say this. But then by observing these different uh, mucus levels and, and then also looking at temperature and then also looking at mood and how, how we're feeling within our body and what our mind is feeling like, um, you know, so it can be so many different signs um, that you know, we can be looking for. So then in menstrual phases, sort of around that last or that last phase, it can last anywhere between three to seven days, as a lot of you will know. And this is where we shed the uterine lining. So the big drop in estrogen, progesterone, and this signals the shedding of the uterine lining. And this is why we really want to turn inward a little bit more, rest, recover, support the body. Um, and that shedding is that menstrual flow or period. So that is a bit of an overview. Obviously, I haven't gone into all the details, but it is a fascinating thing to have and work with across your lifetime, and it is a gift. It really is a gift, and I think we haven't been taught this enough within school, within our communities, to actually um, have women supported really well across this lifestyle, life pattern. So COVID's impact now on hormones and menstruation, so the extreme stress of COVID—it's a post-viral inflammation. Um, you know, this this is across multiple areas. There is also um, a lot of information uh, around the mitochondrial density in certain organs, in certain sex organs, in in the brain, in the heart. So where we get a lot of this dysfunction and noticing of impact on the inflammation from COVID. Is around these major areas. Eyes are another one. So some people are noticing more concentrated symptoms around these particular areas. So what happens and why this can wreak havoc with our cycles? So this spiking cortisol, um, it does disrupt a very delicate hormonal signal. So when they spike in response to either physical or emotional or um, sickness or illness, it will be signaling between the hypothalamus pituitary gland, ovaries, and uterus. So we call this a HPA or HPAO axis or HPO axis. So this is that axis of communication between the body, sort of this triangle that we look at, um, and also when we're looking at particularly the thyroid too. So cycle regulation, central command, (laughs) I guess, into dysfunction as well. So the thyroid hormones can also directly impact levels of sex hormones like estrogen. And COVID inflammation can also reduce thyroid function, throwing off this regulation. So directly impacting reproductive hormones like estrogen and progesterone. And inflammation from COVID can also impact cells in the ovaries and uterus. So this is where we're talking about that inflammatory response causing dysfunction. And this can also lead to impaired ovulation, estrogen, progesterone imbalance. So all of this means that what we're looking at is a complex system of problems that come in or symptoms that we have occur that can look like an irregular cycle length, longer, shorter, inconsistent, non-existent <laughs> heavy or light menstrual flow, more severe PMS symptoms, so we can actually get more cramping, bloating, mood swings that never came before, uh, worse, worsening of perimenopause symptoms, hot flashes or night sweats, sweats as well, even spotting between periods and missed, as I said, cycles as well. So a lot of different things can be occurring. Uh, What I have been noticing in clinic is the changes in menstrual flow and pain, majoritively, as well as PMS symptoms prior to. And this can be for one to two cycles after COVID or ongoing if balance has not been restored, and which I will talk about in a minute. So in the body, while this is happening, it's really that HPO axis that has been disrupted. Thyroid function has been disrupted, and COVID. There is a lot of research uh, on thyroid function being disturbed, I guess, by um, all of these factors surrounding COVID, um, as well as antibodies surrounding the thyroid being higher in higher levels and found in higher levels. So the inflammation impairs um, impairs a proper ovulation um, and the corpus luteum progesterone production as well. And estrogen imbalance can also cause changes to the uterine lining, and that will be altering menstruation. So also prostaglandin and pain perception has been changing in here because of that inflammatory response as well. So what we look at for now... Resolve balance and support for the body. Now, when we're predominantly looking at inflammatory support, there is a lot of these focuses surrounding what we're looking at. And as as we look at the whole, there is a complete recommendation around diet, lifestyle, um, internal organ support, whole body matrix support. Not just shifting one; we're shifting multiples, and we're supporting multiples and also emotional support so we're looking at lifestyle changes overwhelm a lot of women don't understand that they're rushing women's syndrome or the rushing syndrome of always constantly having to be on needed wanted um, pulled in multiple directions and not being able to properly rest and and get back to set point again especially with cortisol so that can come in to include lifestyle factors like meditation, exercise, but not extensive exercise as well. So for diet, we have anti-inflammatory support, and this can be multitudes of rainbow cover colours for fruits and vegetables. We are looking at rich omega-3 uh, products or foods. So when we're looking at supporting with medicines, we are looking at higher level omega-3s. So fish and flax um, and avoiding processed foods because they can also create higher levels of inflammation. So with omega-3s, and I'll move on to supplements in a minute. However, when I'm talking through this prostaglandin impact and inflammation and hormone balance, omega-3s really play part. Now, it's important to get a practitioner's um, perspective on this because we do want high-level doses for some people and you can actually measure your levels of omega-3 so we're not over or under-prescribing. The quality of omega-3s is very, very important and I don't always say this on podcasts, but I always say it to my clients. I don't stock many types of omega-3 supplements in clinic for the purpose of regulation, control and quality. So when we're looking at particularly the plastics, oxidation and heavy metals, they are rife in products that are not well controlled or produced correctly. So just really be careful of that because sometimes it can be adding to your condition versus supporting your condition. So the other supports that we give are liver support. So this can also be for metabolizing of hormones. And alongside this is gut, huge. You know, we're looking at all hormonal support, all balancing support, all areas of assimilation of nutrients and cofactors. So when we're looking at this, we can be looking at herbal support. Sumerous so thistle is something we use here, globe artichoke. Rosemary is a beautiful herb that we use for um, phase 2 clearance um, in the liver and glutathione and also NAC, which can be a pre or is a precursor to glutathione. So it's safer to use long-term in those that it is suiting. Caveat there, have to be really careful with any ulceration in the stomach or gastritis. Um, It does thin mucous membrane lining, so you do have to still be careful with NAC. It has multitudes of benefits across not only this application as well. So managing stress levels. Uh, this can be whatever takes your fancy, whatever tickles you. So meditation, yoga, Um, you can be looking at walks or various forms of exercises that can help support your cortisol levels, not increase them. Um, You can also adequate sleep comes into this and sleep hygiene. No, Alan, guys, no lights at night, (laughs) artificial light at night. And um, one of our beautiful naturopaths here, Danielle, teaches us all about light optimization. And she really um, is such a a beautiful advocate and knowledge base on this, but so important. It's our circadian rhythms. It's just really no, no way around it. You have to be making sure sleep is optimized. There's other supports that we can have for stress levels. And I love using herbs for this. Key nutrients around nervous system is also very necessary. We have uh, minerals and vitamins that are cofactors for proper nervous system function, but we can also look at adaptogenic herbs like withania or ashwagandha, as it's commonly known as rhodiola, romania, My beautiful passion flower that I love to bits, big warm hug. We also have um, supports for anxiety like zizyphus. So there are so many different herbs that you can be using. And the combination, the art form of combining is really the important part. Another form of dietary support is seed rotation. So you can actually look at this to balance estrogen progesterone levels within different needs of cycle um, stages. So you can also look at the specific seeds there. So we have more information on that. If you wish, reach out to us. We also, um, I also like to talk about fiber here because fiber is obviously a really important one to help support hormones, detoxification and gut health and a lot of bacteria who require (laughs) a lot of these fibers to survive and also glucose and cortisol interactions But fibre is really important for us to be maintaining a really good uh, network of detoxification. So leave it there, but fibre, 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 really important. So herbs, um, obviously, as mentioned before for certain areas, but for hormonal support, we can actually look at regulating or supporting or pushing in the right direction slightly. And herbs, we always be very careful with this, but there's some areas that we look at if is required. So chase tree or Vitex is a beautiful one for this, and this can help support and regulate different hormonal um, axes. We also look at supports for um, toning the uterus if required and also excessive bleeding. We can use certain herbs to support um, high levels of bleeding for a short period of time until balance is restored in other areas. So this is vast. There is so much we can use here, even libido-supporting herbs. And a lot of them are crossed over with other um, actions within these individual herbs. So as I mentioned before, the micronutrients, the minerals, the cofactors are really important. Examples here would be magnesium, B6, calcium. Um, So when we're looking at forms of these, that is really important. I'm a stickler for quality and form. so, zinc can also be supportive here. We're looking at things like calcium gluconate. we're looking at DIM, and these are all individual um, required prescriptions so we can actually give you the right form and also dose for you. Um, so other supports that we can actually use here are amino acids. So we can be using tyrosine for thyroid support. We can be using glutamine for gut support and healing. We can be using glycine for collagen and vitamin C. So there is a lot of different supports, including um, anti-inflammatory and immune-regulating um, quercetin, or quercetin, a lot of people say, and um, other areas of herbs would be in that inflammation support saffron, turmeric, those areas too. So the thyroid as well, there is more um, that we can be doing with that, regulating vitamin D levels, supporting with selenium, and also there is support with specific nutrients like iodine. So that was a big one. Uh, I wanted to give you an overview um, of this, bring to your attention that the cycle issues associated with COVID are real. Multitudes of other things that are going on with this as well are real. So, if you want any more information, if you know this is you and you want to talk to us, we have a 10 minute free discovery call that you can chat to any one of us here about if this will suit you or if this is something that might be um, an option and what we can do for you. We also have uh, the podcast here and so many different topics of information and the blog as well online. And this I actually did write the blog on as well. So there is more information on there. And um, yeah, I really hope you enjoyed this. I will be having, as you guys send through your questions, and I've got a few more. So upcoming will be immune and um, allergy regulation and seeing how we can resolve this long-term for allergies because it is a huge one also related to this time. And I also will have a libido and perimenopause question and answer coming up soon too. So look out for those. Now, it is the end of the year. So Merry Christmas all, Happy New Year. And I hope you all have a relaxing and very safe holidays and spend time with all those beautiful people that you love and have as much joy as possible until next time thanks for listening to the revital health podcast we hope you enjoy this episode follow us on instagram and facebook at revital health as well as our website revitalhealth.com.au for upcoming podcasts workshops and speaking events find out about specials happening in the clinic and all the show notes and links mentioned in the podcast. Please remember that this information discussed here is general information and is not intended to diagnose or treat individuals. Please speak to your healthcare professional before embarking on any new treatments, lifestyle changes, medicines or supplementation to assess your suitability. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon.